Listener-supported radio for Northeast Texas. This is 88.9 KETR. My name's Matt Minky. You're listening to Notably Texan. Please remember that your support enables us to bring you everything you hear on this station, from the Texas-infused playlists here on Notably Texan to the information that you need from Morning Edition to All Things Considered and all of the other programs heard here on KETR. So click the Donate button at KETR.org and keep it on the air. So you're about to hear a discussion with a special guest here on Notably Texan, but I was thinking back to how I first discovered this gentleman, and this relates to a separate interview that I did with Fort Worth singer-songwriter Helene Cronin. And after I aired her interview and played several of her songs, she dropped me a note and said, hey, you should really learn about my good friend who also writes in Nashville with me from time to time, and he lives in your area which is what connected me to today's guest, a man who has been writing songs in Nashville for several decades, and when he's not working there, he's living in Hunt County in Poetry, Texas. And my guest has had some of his songs recorded by the likes of Cody Johnson, but he also puts out his own records. In fact, his sophomore album just released, titled Even Better on the Bad Days. And I'm happy to welcome back into our studios, Scott Sean White. Welcome back to the show, Scott. It's great to see you again, man. Man, I appreciate you having me. It's good to see you. It feels like it was just the other day that I had you in, but it was uh, all the way back in September, and uh, you were still putting the final touches on the album, and uh, lots happened uh, since then. So wanted to have you back in to uh, talk about the release of Even Better on the Bad Days and everything else that's going on with you. I was going to ask uh, if you had a good holiday and uh, check and make sure that the New Year's off to a good start for you. I did. I, I had three whole weeks at home um over the holiday which i don't get a lot right and so that was awesome and a lot of family and the usual lot of food (laughs) which i i think i've lost that extra 10 pounds i got over the holidays but but that was it was a nice break um and i i need it every year because it's a it's a full-on sprint really the rest of the year so right that's what i recall from talking to you last time is that you spend so much time away from texas while you're working in nashville yeah. um i'm sure it was great to be uh, at home in poetry and uh, the it wife was. was happy to get to see you a little more yeah. hopefully <laughs> yeah every now and then she looks at me and goes when are you leaving <laughs> <laughs> but she means it with love i think i think she does i'm sure no i'm just playing she does <laughs> well um, I know that your life revolves uh, around music and songs, uh, so I was kind of curious, what do you uh, do to kind of get away from all that in your rare downtime? You know, I don't know. Um, music is is kind of my, my downtime. I mean, outside of that, uh, I'm a big sports fan. Okay. So when I am at home, if Brenda is okay with it, I do watch. Uh, I love me some football. I love me some basketball. I love me some Rangers baseball. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, been a great time to be a Rangers fan here lately. It is. It is. Uh, matter of fact, that's the first time I've cried over a sporting event when they were <laughs> really when they were in the World Series. I, I shed a couple tears. I understand. Just because I was like, oh my, and I just love seeing people's dreams come true. You know, like when they win, all those their kids yes. mostly run out on that field. I'm just like, oh man, that's awesome it really is <laughs> you know so i do that um and uh and it's something that too i'm very aware of i need to get better at slowing down and and taking days and doing nothing i imagine so, you find yourself when you're doing nothing going well i probably need to come up with some lyrics or something right now. <laughs> well you know another thing that i do love um is 
particularly putting out albums and doing this independent artist thing and you run everything yourself the days in the in the weeks in nashville where i don't have much business artist business i have to do and handle and i i just get to write songs all week that's kind of some nice downtime i always i'm always te- i'll text my wife on those weeks and i go i just got to write songs this week <laughs> and i don't have to do anything else and that's is really good for my soul when I can just be creative and not worry about, you know, anything else. Yeah, that's your happy place, I it imagine. Is. It <laughs> is. Well, Scott Sean White is my guest here on KETR, and uh, we're speaking right now uh, on the heels of your recent show in Greenville at the Texan. It seems that's becoming uh, kind of a regular venue for you. Yeah, um, they do the lunchtime thing on Wednesdays down there, and um, uh, uh, Friendly Buffington, who used to book it, he had to move to South Texas for health stuff, and um, Barbara over there asked me if I would help with the booking, and I was like, that's no problem. I have a whole bunch of talented friends. Okay. And so, yeah, I started booking the Wednesdays over there, and and, um, and then I also go ahead and play one Wednesday a month uh, over there, and uh, yeah, it's what a beautiful place, and the sound is great, and, and um, the lunch show is free, and yeah. so, you know, you can get your food in the cafe there, and walk to your table in the theater and sit down and enjoy the show it's it's a great setting it's yeah. nice and close to home for you as well yes it's my closest gig to <laughs> <Okay>. home <laughs> thank you lord <laughs> well um when we spoke last year uh you were working uh on this new release but your sophomore album <clears throat> even better on the bad days is officially out congratulations on that i know that's a weight off your shoulders to finally you know let that be free <laughs> yes thank you yeah it's awesome I know that there's a lot uh, that goes into putting out a record well beyond just writing and recording the songs. I mean, you'd been really, I imagine, counting down to being able to say, hey, this is finally out there. Right. (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, we finished it like last May. I mean, finished mastering it. But then there's there's the whole quote-unquote marketing plan that you have to put together and figure out and the schedule and all that stuff. So, yeah, it ended up being, you know, from May to January 19th uh, of waiting, but um, it's uh, it's been worth it. Now, I understand that you had a, a successful Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to make this happen. I know that's uh, become way more common these days, but yeah. uh, that's an interesting way to, to you know get fans to directly back what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, it was my second Kickstarter. I did one for the first album as well. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy to think. I, was, I looked at that list the other day. In two Kickstarters, um, my fans and friends and family raised over $57,000 for me over two Kickstarters. And my Kickstarters were to help pay for the promotion of the album. I paid for the for making the record both times um, out of just my, my money that I have. But promoting it, you know, hiring a publicist... Uh, like the great Adam Dawson, um, yes. <laughs> plug on here, uh, who set this interview up. Um, and then so I had a social media team that I hired for the first record. Uh, they taught me so much, I decided not to use them for the second record, and I do it myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do it as well, but it saved me a bunch of money. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, it, that's what the Kickstarter money has been for, and it's it's invaluable. Yeah. That's great, and I know uh, you know people that support something like that directly. Not unlike uh, public radio here, kind of mm. really feel a much more personal connection with yeah. it too. Going, hey, I I helped make this happen. You know, <laughs> I cannot appreciate it enough. I tell you, it's amazing. 
I'm speaking with Scott Sean White today on Notably Texan. This is 88.9 KETR. So as someone who creates songs for other artists a lot of the time, uh, I would think that you have to make uh, kind of one stack of creations that might be more mainstream in the hopes that someone will pick them up and then a, a separate pile of songs that are meaningful and personal to you for your own albums. Is that kind of a difficult line to tread? Or, uh, I mean, do you sit down and, you know, intentionally say, okay, I'm going to make this song for my album? Or do you just kind of uh, see what comes out and decide from that point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I I just go into every room and write whatever is in the room that day. Um, you know, if if we walk into the room with a 24-year-old artist on Warner or Sony or whatever, and, and they want to write a, a bro country pickup song, yeah. um, I'll try to steer them away from that. <laughs> um, but if, if that's what they really want to write, um, they have a record deal and they could actually make me some money. Well, we're going to try to write that as good as we can write it that day, you know, and um, and hope that we get some mailbox money because my wife would appreciate that. <laughs> and um, but, you know, um, a lot of those days, um, especially in rooms that I'm in. I mean, I've been part of the Nashville community now. This is the beginning of my 20th year. A lot of the rooms that I'm in when I when I come in, they they're familiar with me as a writer from being around town they're familiar with the songs that that i love that resonate with them and a lot of the time they want to write something with meat on the bone with me which i am super appreciative of so really what happens with my stuff is uh, as far as i just collect songs and i'm like "Mm, i love that one i might actually put that on my own record okay you know and then there's plenty of there's and there's plenty of those commercial sounding feel good mainstream country radio songs that that my name is on that I love. Um, I don't play them in my shows much just because they would be way out of place. Every now and then I do though. And I'll be like, Hey, this wouldn't go on my record, but I like it because da 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 da. And then I play the song, you know? Um, so it, it works itself out. I just show up right. What is ever in the room that day. And it's like, we were talking off air before we started, about, you know, I'm I'm really kind of already planning my third record. I hope to start recording it at the end of this year. And and so there's just a pile of songs. I mean, I've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs uh, in all the years I've been going to Nashville. And and um, and I'm still writing all the time. You know, I go back Sunday to work all week. And, um, and so I just collect them and then pick 9, 10, 11, 12 and record them for my record and move on down the road. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people, and I don't even fully understand how all this stuff works behind the scenes, but I, I do get it that when you're when you're in Nashville and hired as a, a hired gun to write songs, obviously yeah. you're there, you know, specifically to work on these songs for somebody. I just wondered yeah. whether or not some of these were things that you just created at home, you know, or uh, yeah. ideas that you came up with and whether or not those became something you would uh, offer to somebody else or if those tend mm-hmm. to be more of your, the personal songs to you. Uh, well, and as a songwriter, too, Um, part of the goal, um, of putting out your own records, um, is for someone else to hear them on Spotify or Apple. It happens all the time. You know, uh, Tim McGraw will hear, you know, could hear some song on Spotify and go, huh, I love that. I want to record it. You never know whose ears it's going to get into. The other thing that's interesting, super interesting to me that you unintentionally brought up or you reminded me of in this line of question was, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago how crazy it is that when I first went to Nashville in 2005, my whole goal from there till through the first 
15 years um, was my whole goal was to write songs for other people. I had no visions of me putting out records, me being any kind of artist. A, I was 36 when I went to Nashville. I was already too old. I'm especially too old now. I, I don't have a very country twangy voice. I, I, my stuff isn't obviously mainstream country. All those things. So I had all these reasons. And But here we are in year 20, and um, I'm two records in to songs that are just me being me. And uh, the thing I thought was, the thing wasn't even on my mind, being an artist of my own is actually the main thing I do now. But it all started with me going to town wanting to write songs for Tim McGraw and Blake Shelton and Kenny Chesney and, and all that. And then it's just been a, a long, beautiful road to get here. And I didn't know that this was the purpose of it, but it apparently is. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more um, at home in all of this than I've ever been. So. That's great to hear, man. Yeah. I'm very happy for you and and everything that's uh, that's gone so well for you uh, since you went out on this crazy journey. You know, yeah. thank you, Scott Sean White. I know that uh, you've had some some hard losses in the recent years of your life. We didn't really get into this last time, and you know nobody wants to nobody wants to bring the party down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But uh, this is life. You know what I mean? There's I I just turned fifty uh, since I saw you last. Uh, yeah. Sorry to, to break everybody's uh, hearts out there that, that thought I was younger. <laughs> right. I didn't talk about this on the air, but uh, and you know I'm getting to this age in life where you know you start to have people that are close to you that that fade away. You know, mm-hmm. uh, friends, family yeah. members, uh, and you you're left around kind of to figure out how to put the pieces together. Yeah. So it's just. This is a fact of life, obviously. Uh, you've been through some stuff, as we all have, and you've put uh, some of your feelings uh, about those you've lost into uh, a few songs on the album, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Small World, uh, God is Good, and uh, Just Not Today are all at least related to or were born out of or partially inspired by um, losing my brothers. Uh, Just Not Today, we wrote it to sound like it was... Um, you know about somebody's granddad but it was really about my brother Joey who had down syndrome and uh passed away in 2016 and he lived with me and my family most of my adult life my wife and kids and and um we were told you know I, when I was growing up with Joey we always were told that if we got him a day past age 30 that we were lucky really you know with down syndrome and um he he lasted till he was 57 and he started getting sick when he was 55. Uh, he started catching pneumonia over and over and over, which is what eventually, um, you know, made him pass away. But that first time I took him into the hospital, um, uh, when he was 55, um, when, you know, when I left, they had me sign a DNR order and all this stuff. They didn't know if he's going to make it. And when I walked out to the car <clears throat> late at night, I remember thinking about, you know, they always said, we had him a day past 30 and so I was like well I know I know this time's been coming for a while and I thought but just not today and uh so it was it was over two years later before that song was was written but yeah it started that night and you know I appreciate you opening up on this I you know I didn't yeah. ask for permission on this ahead of time I know you've been no, public you don't. about I it I mean that's one thing about my shows like everybody's always like man you just tell everything don't you <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. I think for me, um, it's just the way I am, um, and and a large part of it is because 
Um, you know, when you go ahead and share that stuff, somebody in your audience um, gets to know that they're not alone. They're not the only one that's been through it. And they get to see somebody, you know, in my case, on stage who survived it and came through it, you know, and sitting in front of you today. So um, there's definitely a purpose to me just being wide open about it. So, yes, I'll, I'll tell you all sorts of things you didn't want to know and didn't ask. <laughs> no, I mean, it really uh, that stuff is important to people because yeah. uh, in personal matters, I think a lot of people feel really kind of alone, like, yeah. you know, well, this this is personal to me. Nobody else understands how yeah. I feel about this. And then sometimes you hear a song that's like, my gosh, that's... They do understand. <laughs> what do you know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it can really and, help. And I think in this musical environment, uh, I think you're seeing it in general that people are hungry for real and authentic uh, lyrics and music. And I think that's why people like Zach Bryan are blowing up. You know, he's not trying to be anything but him. And he's just... Uh, not trying to you know do tailgates and pretty girls and shorts and whatever you know he's just being him and there's a bunch of artists like that he's just a first on my mind at the moment but and um i think that uh people are are ready for her more real stuff and they're not just ready they're hungry and thirsty for it well uh you wrote uh in one of your kickstarter messages about the new album uh, I'm going to quote you here. Don't yeah. you hate it when somebody quotes you? <laughs> because you're like, oh, no, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, what? Did I say? what? <laughs> uh, you wrote uh, 10 songs, real life, not trying to make something for radio, <clears throat> just trying to make art and something that lasts. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it reminds me of the first um, day. Well, not, maybe not the first day, but one of the first days I got together with my producer on this record, Dave Brainerd. And uh, at one point I looked at him and I said, Look, I don't mean this in any kind of snobby way. I swear. I said I'm I'm not I'm trying to make art. I'm not there was no part of picking songs for this record or the last record, and there won't be any part of picking songs for any record I make that has any concern for what quote unquote radio would like to play. Um it's just not my goal. Um you know, I hope, I hope famous people uh, do that for me uh, with my songs and go take care of that. Um, as for me, uh, it's just all about putting songs out in the world that say things that I want to say. That's the first priority. And uh, it, it is when I made that first record, the thing that kept ringing in my ear over and over and over uh, was be you, be you, be you. And uh, it gave me a greater understanding of even artists in Nashville, you know, it was like, I understand now why, why they're like, I like that song a lot, but I wouldn't sing that. I wouldn't sing that line. Um, I haven't lived that. Um, I was like, Oh, this is why. And then it's just kind of become my guiding light for me. I'm like, I have the best chance of succeeding being me. And I had the worst chance and no chance if I try to be something I'm not. Yeah, might as well be honest about it, too. Right. I mean, that's that's always the best policy, of course. So. What is that saying about, I'd rather you uh, love me for, uh, hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not, something like that? That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know. That's same. a good mantra. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as you've uh, mentioned, uh, you were undoubtedly already thinking about the songs that are going to go on album number three. Mm -hmm, yeah. 
Uh, no shortage of songs already uh, in your holster, but uh, I mean, do you think that uh, you've got enough material already to just go with it, or do you you feel like you're going to want to write some new stuff to go on there as well? Um, I de- I think I probably have. Uh, I mean, I definitely have enough material um, to start recording tomorrow if I wanted, um, and probably could do two or three albums worth of material. But um, a this album just came out, so we got to wait. Of course, and then b. Um, I'm going to just keep, you know, it's what I do anyway. I can keep writing. And I'm sure there's going to be songs between now and when we start recording the new album that uh, that I fall in love with and find their way onto the record. But I would bet probably seven of the ten that are going to be on the new record are, always, are already sitting here in the pile. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Well, that's the good so. thing about having so much already prepared, you know, yeah. is that uh, you don't yeah. have to be like, oh, gosh, I got to come up with something. No, just uh, start digging around in those piles. Of- <laughs> that would be extra terrifying. All those stories about those old rock bands that would book three months in a studio and go in with no songs, write the songs in the studio and record them. I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh. no, is- no, I'm out. Yeah, I can't even. <laughs> fathom that it, it certainly explains why uh so many you know people's uh, some of these classic bands like third or fourth albums were were just garbage you know because they were like well we got a contract to do another record but, but we don't some have anything. of them came out great <laughs> yeah like some true. of those you hear those stories and you're like how did what i can't even like you know i like having a song for a while because i have to live with a song for a bit and play it out and play it at the house um to see if if it's as good as I thought it was the day we wrote it or if it's almost that good, but we got to fix some things like that just takes time. I can't imagine being like, Hey man, we're going to write this song today. We're going to record it tomorrow. (laughs) What? That Uh, does seem a little insane. Uh (laughs) (laughs) My guest is Scott Sean white here on 88, nine K E T R. I was uh, looking at your upcoming gigs and you've got uh, lots going on around the Lone Star. Did you want to mention some of these upcoming shows? Yeah. Um, Friday, February 9th, uh, it's not in North Texas, but I'm having my Houston album release party at the Dosi do breakfast, barbecue and whiskey bar in the woodlands okay. on Friday, February 9th. And, uh, and then I've got the next weekend, I have a house concert that Saturday, but next weekend, 15, 16, 17, I'm opening for my friend Radney Foster on the 15th at the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe in Galveston. That Friday, I'm going to open for my friends The Wilder Blue at the Texas Theater in Waxahachie. Nice. And then I've got uh, my friend Radney Foster again at the Mule Barn in Justin on uh, Friday the, uh, Saturday the 17th. So that's going to be a fun weekend. Nice. Yeah. Well, you're going to be a busy man here coming up between oh, yeah. between already keeping yourself plenty busy with everything else, but this is how it is when you got a new record out, it too, is. right? It is. And uh, people can uh, see all the gigs on your website. Uh-huh. It's uh, scottshawnwhite.com. Yep. And Sean is S-E-A-N. I think my mama had a crush on Sean Connery. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's uh, it's your name is uh, normal to me, but if somebody's just discovering you, yeah, make right. sure you're yeah. spelling it properly. Well, you were uh, as always kind enough to bring uh, your beautiful guitar in. Uh, what song would you like to perform for us today? Uh, why don't we do the one I wrote with uh, Mr. Randy Foster? We talked about this a bit in depth the last time you were in, yeah. so we we heard the great story about how this evolved and how you yeah. were were not expecting to work with uh, with him. Yeah, no, I, that was never on. No, he wasn't even on my bucket list. Like you don't even think that's possible. You're like Radney Foster. Yeah, that's never happening. You know, and lo and behold, I wrote this with him. Now I've written several other songs with him. They're going to be on some folks' records coming out probably in the next year, and it's 
it's wild to think about and um, so grateful. This is Scott Sean White performing his song Hope You Never Do live in the KETR studios on Notably Texan. You can make an extra hundred if you cut a couple corners and no one will know but you. Let your beer buzz tell you to cold cock your cousin when you're feeling silver bulletproof. Sell that guitar when it gets hard Cause you're too scared to lose But I hope you never do You can drown in the bottom of the Kentucky bottle Instead of asking for help Skip the I'm sorry's and blame everybody Stay on in it yourself Slam down the phone on the only one With the stones to tell you the truth but I hope you never do Cause sometimes you make choices Boy, but sometimes they make you And you can walk that road in my old boots Go through what I've been through But I hope you never do You cannot buy the flowers Try to get by without them Act like it's no big deal Keep your mouth shut Cause you think it ain't tough To tell her how you really feel And you can lose a girl That saved your life Cause your pride's got something to prove But I hope you never do Sometimes you make choices, boy, but sometimes they make you. And you can walk that road in my old boots, go through what I've been through. But I hope you never do. Hope you never do You can waste your life mad all the time By what you think this world owes you Cause sometimes you make choices, boy But sometimes they make you and you can walk that road in my old boots Go through the hell that I've been through But I hope you never do I hope you never do A live performance in the KETR studios of Hope You Never Do by my guest Scott Sean White. That is out now on his new record, Even Better on the Bad Days. You can find out more about him on his site, scottshawnwhite.com, and that's S-E-A-N on the middle name there. Of course, you can find uh, his songs on all the usual music sources that we have become accustomed to finding them on out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and man, it's, it's always a joy to catch up with you, man. Uh, it, 
you know, since I discovered you live so close and you're mm-hmm. so willing to come over, uh, I'm I'm happy to make this hopefully a, a regular uh, collaboration that we can do with one another. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring you lunch next week. Okay, perfect. No, just... <laughs> That's great. I'm I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> well, uh, again, man, I really appreciate you coming by. Your uh, your laughter is infectious, and uh, you've you've just uh, kind of imbue good vibes to people around you, and uh, you're you're a joy to be around. So thanks for coming by again. Man, I appreciate you, sir. If you want to find out more about him, he's got a website, scottshawnwhite.com. That middle name is S-E-A-N, just to be clear. And I'm notably Texan host Matt Minky. We thank you so much for listening here on 88.9 KETR. And we hope that you'll help us continue to come in loud and clear across Northeast Texas with your contribution. We're a listener-supported station, and we simply can't do it without your help. So visit our site, KETR.org, and click the Donate button.